1: They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tacovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
2: Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Tomorrow is opening day. This morning, then didn't have a great hunt. Deer didn't move like
1: usual. Yeah, we just got set up in the middle of this bedding thicket. Um, saving this spot for the rut. It's a nice, I think it's a nice buck. Ah!
2: it's a 170 that was money i think it's down right up there 10 yards
3: whitetail legacy podcast bringing you back to the hunt and leaving a legacy baller
2: rut Tail legacy podcast coming at you man dude you're looking really good with that mic stand i know the mic stands are making it awesome in here i put mine a little too low for this intro and <laughs> bending over a little bit i don't want to make the squeak noise bring it up bring it <laughs> up oh that's good that's good here we go get that good posture going all right guys we had the learning curve on this is a team that you guys will want to look out for they i mean the stuff that they got coming out, a two hundred and thirty three inch buck filmed. Come on, that is Come insane. The uh, they have a the the person that is pr- producing this, Josh, he has a ton of experience um, with with producing film for multiple shows, filming for multiple shows, and it shows in their quality with be- this being their first year coming out. Unbelievable the amount of big deer that they're putting down, their quality of the film, their storytelling capability. Um, like I said, this is definitely something you guys want to follow, like their Instagram, like their Facebook, because these guys are going a long way. I can already tell it from, from just the start. Yeah. And big shout out to Josh. What a, just a cool dude, dude, just a down home, cool dude that, that, you know, basically told us, you know, you know, don't, don't quit, you know, keep going, keep chasing your, your dreams, you know? And, and one, the one thing I took from this is, you know, get your kids outdoors. That's a huge message in this, in this podcast I think is because he's super passionate with his yep. eight year old son, right? you know, and then enjoy the hunt, which, you know, I think about, you know, just like I was talking about earlier, you know, I, I wrote some stuff down because I've realizing, you know, how the sports evolving for me You know, and that is something that I think every person needs to do is you you don't know how many hunts you might get. So just enjoy when you're out there and uh, experience, you know, whether you don't have a perfect hunt or not. still takes that experience and grow and enjoy every second of learning and the bad and the good and just just make it the best you possibly can be.
3: I mean, if you get out there and you just get to experience nature, like every, just like you said, every moment you're out there, you just got to take it in because it is, it is what it is. I yeah. mean, it, it could be your last moment. You could go to your piece and have just a killer hunt, and on your way home, something bad happened. You know, yeah. you get a flat tire and you're on a two-lane road, and, you know, you never know. So anytime you do anything... You know, you just got to really embrace it, enjoy it, and take it for what it is because you never know when your time is.
2: Yeah, and then really enjoy getting your kids outdoor. And if you don't have kids, get your buddy that has been thinking about hunting out with you, fishing, turkey hunting, squirrel hunting, anything, your neighbor, your neighbor's kid, you know, anybody that has, you know, any, maybe just, maybe like what I do is, Like I'll, I introduced my neighbor to deer meat, never had deer meat. I just introduced it. I, instead of just giving them some, I cooked them some, you know, and then their son. You didn't give
3: him no jerky, did
2: you? No, none of the jerky. All right.
3: Okay. All right. We need to keep that on the DL. Yeah.
2: But, uh, yeah. So I gave him some and, uh, they, then their son was like, yeah, man, this is something that I would like to do. And then he really got into fishing. Uh, he, he's seen a couple of fish that I'd caught and then he really got into fishing and now he does it like a lot, you know, and that just him seeing me fish a little bit and hunt and him coming over and just asking questions. And he was like, what's the best crappie jig, you know, and I'm, I'm not a professional crappie jigger for anything, you know what I mean? But I'm like, well, this works really good for me. Uh, know? yeah.
3: A PSE 32 inch. <laughs> <right>, yeah. So. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> Well, are you both fishing or what? I mean, I don't really know what you're doing, but yeah. No, yeah, so yeah. And then now he, he fishes a lot. And uh, he used to buy my, borrow my kayak all the time to go fishing. Now he's got his own kayak, goes fishing all the time. I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, you can take my kayak out, man. man. That's no big cool. deal. And now he's got his own kayak to just go. Just kind of, so, man,
3: you, yeah. you can just feel that kind of stemming off of you, man. That's cool. Yeah,
2: so I mean, it, it, I mean, I don't think he realized it, but I do. You know, yeah, I, oh, yeah. him coming over here and asking me, you know, if I'd have been like, no, you can't borrow my kayak or, no, I don't, you know, I'm not going to tell you what I catch fish on or where I catch fish. Right. It would have been that same experience for him. He's
3: been picking up the garbage every Wednesday. Yeah. You know? know?
2: Yeah. So it wouldn't have been the same as him. And now he has that passion. Now,
3: yeah. Now he's got something to do. Yeah. You know, get him off the couch, get him outside. Man, yeah. That's super cool. It is. I love, I love whenever anybody can tell a story mm-hmm. about that, you know, yeah. and just getting somebody introduced and uh, get him outside.
2: All right, let's make make this quick. Get into the people that make this possible for us. We're gonna reverse it. We're
3: gonna reverse it. Yeah,
2: reverse. We're gonna start like off that. with Scentlock. And what are we gonna talk about, Scentlock? We've covered a lot in the last couple episodes. They we have haven't. so many products; it's hard to cover all of them. But that's our main goal. Um, what are we? What are we gonna do? What are we gonna talk about? Let's see. Man, that's... I'd really let, Let's. You got some of their laundry detergent, right? I did. Have you used it yet?
3: I have not. I'm waiting a little bit closer to season. What I like to do is, uh, um, you know, like the two weeks before uh, season comes in, I like to wash my clothes, regardless whether they've been washed, you know, at the end of season or whatever. Uh, They've been stored away all year, or if I've been out hanging stands in them. uh, I just like to get like a good, clean slate, what I feel like. And then um, I'll wash them and then I'll dry them with, uh, but I'll run my dryer with no dryer sheet just just a blank
2: a blank clean the dryer vent uh, yeah, out just yeah. a blank
3: cycle no because we always run a dryer sheet well the wife does and uh so i'll just run that run that thing you know a whole cycle nothing and then um i might throw my clothes in there for you know 30 minutes and then i'll just take them outside for you know just a last little bit because um, usually by this time it's not really too um to warm out, yeah, to to really dry them out. So so
2: um, th- that's an enzyme base, right?
3: On the laundry detergent, yeah, yeah. yeah. E- everything Sandlock has is is the enzyme. enzyme, yeah.
2: So it won't affect the ozone like a copper or another. Right, another, right.
3: They're they're not a, a copper base. They're the enzyme. So um, they're. Their liquids do have a, a shelf life, yeah, and um, you know they're not going to give you something that is not active, yeah. So everything that they give you is active, um, and that that that's what I do. You know, I I right before season, I wash them, w- wash them,
2: run them the ozone, and, and then
3: I like to get them outside. And then you know, obviously before the hunt, I'm running the Oz bag, get them in there, run the the Oz twenty B in the truck on the way there, get my base layers covered.
2: Yeah. So that even even the the scent spray and detergent works with our code, guys. Scentlock twenty, get you twenty percent off any of those products. I know everybody out there, whether they use scent lock or wear scent clothing, they spray down. I don't know very many people that don't believe in just spraying down a little bit. I know almost every right. guy does that. Just so.
3: like I said with the last episode. Field spray plus a gallon. Yeah that was on my doorstep
2: yep, 20% off scent lock 20 right to your door
3: also check your bass pro and cabela's yeah. um it might be hit or miss mm-hmm. um but they are carrying everything ozone everything scent lock everything um laundry field spray and then they also have the scent totes but just the carbon flap which what i got like Thirteen years ago, started using yeah. Zenlog, you know, so it's all there. Um, it's all there. Just you, you just got to go there and check it out.
2: All right, let's get into the ECW calls. um What do you want? To, what do you want to hit with them with that? Yeah, uh,
3: you know, it season's getting close. It is, yeah. It's getting
2: close. It's getting super um, close.
3: Yeah. I mean, I'd like to get off on some some tangent, but, man, dude, I just cannot wait to get out there and just hit the five-tone.
2: Yeah, that five-tone grunt is – I just like how beautiful and custom it is compared to another grunt, too. Plus, it's got a logo it, on it, so it, I love that, too. It's got but.
3: everything you need right there almost. I mean, yeah. it, it's got the fawn. It's got the doe. It's got mature buck, immature buck. I mean, all you got to do is just slide that that reed yeah. and – ecw's got you covered
2: yeah i mean it's it's beautiful setup super good sound quality um super sturdy call you know don't and, and like yeah sometimes you feel like if it's a two-piece where it breaks apart it's like kind of loose yep this one feels really secure that's because really it's tight.
3: handmade yeah quality products
2: yeah all, all from all, local trees yeah. united states 100 percent usa made no, by a veteran no plastic can't can't beat that talking about veterans get right into the you beat. have
3: another you have another veteran shout out no do you have another veteran sponsor of this podcast oh yeah
2: the vip veteran broadhead veteran innovative products um you guys seen the video about it singing the national anthem now hopefully we can send you very soon a clip of it in live action going into a dough and <laughs> i guarantee you whether it's a I'm not saying it's going to be edited in, but it there's a possibility it could be edited in. <laughs> a national anthem and then I'm pretty sure when it hits, I mean I don't even know what's going to happen. <laughs> I mean
3: Your speakers are blown. Yeah. When <laughs> yeah, when it hits,
2: you better turn the volume down cuz it's You're I'm saying- <laughs> it what we've been leaving out just to really surprise you guys when you get them. <laughs> You know, I mean, this, this is the made the number one feature, but you know, the variable cutting width, you (laughs) know, all that, I mean, the, the pass-through technology, uh, you know, the high quality, that's, that's all really awesome. But (laughs) this is the super one, number one feature when it hits that doe or that buck that you've been, you've been hunting somehow they have got a Ric Flair embedded in the broadhead when it hits The loudest Ric Flair that you have ever. So if you want to shoot two does, you got to be quick because they're going to be spooked by the Ric Flair. So it's going to be veteran broadhead to Ric Flair. Woo! You know, I mean, right when it hits, then you're going to Ric Flair and it's going to sound like an echo, just going to repeat, you know. I mean, so I I, I wanted to surprise you guys with that when you bought a pack, but now I just told you, ruin the surprise, but I'm so excited about the veteran broadhead that I just had to let you guys know. (laughs) <laughs> so whether it's you and the tree rick flaren or the broadhead rick flaren i'm not really sure because i get pretty rick flaren <laughs> when i shoot something but i'm i'm 98 sure it's the broadhead so i just want to throw that out there the are you are you trying to are you trying to move on from that yeah yeah i'm, I'm gonna move on for that oh uh, wow all right where we at where we at here Oh, yeah, okay, there we go.
3: I was say, if you, if you need me to come back, I got something to no, come right, back to. No, go ahead,
2: come back. I need a second. <laughs> All right. You guys think we script they, this stuff out, but this no. is nothing scripted here. <laughs> this is just pure BS just flowing. I'm
3: always crying. <laughs> uh, so I asked somebody what made their broad head the best, and I had no response. And then literally two days later, I had a guy come up to me and we were talking about bow hunting and it, it was, it was getting kind of, uh, very deep talk. I mean, we were getting deep. We got it deep. He's given up, uh, hunting big bucks to go duck hunting just strictly. So he hasn't, uh, hunted big bucks in four years. And, um, I, at that point I just kind of lost my mind and, uh, he he, kind of asked me, you know, um, what I was doing, you know, what, what kind of deer I had down and stuff, and uh, he asked what broadhead I shoot, and I was like, so I told him, you know, I said, well, I shoot the veteran, and he said, well, what 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 makes that broadhead, you know, so great? And I, I mean, I'm driving down the road at sixty, just on a two lane highway, and I looked at him just dead as shit. I said, dude, do you really want to ask me that? Because I got I got like a Bible just stacked yeah. up of of shit. I can tell right you right when what that makes... happened.
2: Right when that happened, you hit the button with the American flag cape. Just yeah, the just yeah,
3: just you know American flag just out the back of the tailgate. You know, I was like, dude, I got I got so many things I can tell you about. But by the time we travel twenty miles back to where I'm going to drop you off, I'm only going to get over half of it. And he was like, okay. But I said, I'll tell you what. I'll give you the website, and I'm gonna tell you where I've got all my information, and you can go and look at it. And I, I was looking him dead in the eye, like I, <laughs> I mean, it's, this is a serious talk. Yeah, many yeah. like, gets pumped about dude, broadheads? <laughs> with, whenever I hear anybody talking about broadheads or asking me what I shoot, or if you ask me on the page or wherever, if you ask, you know, what broadheads that you should shoot, dude. I'm sending you a five paragraph essay, <laughs> and it's no bullshit. Yeah. like it's straight up, it's straight up from the heart. I'm sending shit at seven ten in the morning. I almost text Cody. I was like, dude, it's too early for this broadhead shit. <laughs> and I'm sending it, and oh, um, it was like it was a Saturday morning.
2: Yeah, I was you like, it's too up early
3: up. for this shit. But I'm out here just yeah, oh, and I was I was I was awake the rest of the day. I didn't even need a nap. <laughs>
2: All right, we'll get to the VIP Veteran Broadhead shout-out. Hopefully I don't murder your name. We got Chaz Steiner. Oh, man. uh, Steiner? Steiner? Is it Steiner? That sounds like Steiner. He's a 100% disabled veteran, United States Air Force. Is it it Chaz? I don't know. I I can't read. That's a hard name. Yeah, Yeah, Chaz. Chaz, man, we appreciate your service. I'm sorry that I butchered your name, man. That's it's hard. That's hard name right it there. It is. So. You got to hit us up at WhitetailLegacyPodcast dot Put in
3: your name, and then in the comments, you can help us with uh, pronunciation yeah. of your name, <laughs> and also um, elaborate on some details about your service, your training, um, any other further pronunciation of the places that you've
2: been. Yeah, that's another hard one, <laughs> right? Yeah. So we we appreciate you so much, Chaz for for doing what you did Uh, 100 percent disabled uh just keep doing you man i hope i hope that you uh get through every day just know there's people out there that really appreciate what you did for this country um there's a couple sitting here right in this room that deeply deeply appreciate you and um from our kids and our wife they all deeply appreciate what you did for us and for this country and from the whitetail legacy crew um we salute you man all right guys Wait, oh, oh Hold up, we forgot Ingram, the yes. OG. No, yeah, we forgot the OG. Man. You did. We almost left out the OG. He would have been like, "All right, signing. That's <laughs> over. Wrap it up. Call <laughs> it <like>, a <laughs> year."
3: Well, yeah, I didn't have to get that that K for that that mount right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so,
2: all right, man, Ingram's outdoor obsession, the OG of White Tail Legacy Pot. We're gonna he that's is. what we're gonna hashtag him, the OG. He, he should he is. be. He, he should. Is. Be. Yeah, I mean like, he's. He's, he's way risking back in the... it, yeah, risking it for the biscuit. He's
3: risking it to get the biscuit, <laughs> which I'm gonna be doing here about uh, two months. Yeah, so and you're gonna be filming.
2: We can't thank Ingram enough for all he does. If you guys got any mounts that you want to get done, check him out. Uh, find him on his Facebook page and Instagram now. Ingram's mm-hmm. Outdoor Obsession. Um, there's a link on our website right there. Click that. Go to there. We're gonna be. Should have that video out by now, hopefully. (laughs) No. On the production side, homie's taking forever. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So we'll have that video out. You get to see him, uh, his real personality, and uh, what he can put out there for you guys. Don't forget, if you just come to Hunt, Illinois, and
3: you listen to the White Tail Legacy podcast, if you just come here to hunt, um, Ingram's done it before. If, If you just come here and you leave and then you don't come back here until the next rut, um, your deer is gonna be here yep. when you when you come back to the next year. He's done it multiple times, and uh, that's one of his um
2: assets. Yeah, yeah, that you he know, can do. You
3: you can just. I mean, it sucks to wait. You know, I don't know. I'm sure he would. He doesn't have a care in the world to ship it. But <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure penny. all the liability is gonna be on you. <laughs> yeah. But um, you know, he'll he'll have it propped up in the studio, and as soon as you come back on November 12th to pick it up.
2: When you're dropping your other buck off, when you're just dropping your other one because off, because you got all the tips from White Tail Legacy podcast that helped you shoot that buck, you'll be in there and be like, Man, only reason I'm here is White Tail Legacy boys. Yep. So, all right, guys, I hope you enjoy this episode. I'm telling you, look out for this team. Look out for Josh. This is a rock solid dude. You can tell when they're rock solid right off the bat. And just us spending this little bit of time with him, this is a solid dude. So, I can't wait to get. We'll hopefully get a couple more of his team members on this show. Um, I guess he's got he's got a a, a, a of yeah, just back burner guy that's just full dudes. of knowledge and, and big buck killing. So we can't wait to get him on. All right. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. All right, guys. We got Josh McAllister on, man. How you doing tonight?
0: I'm doing good. How are you guys doing?
2: Uh, we're doing great. Like we said, we appreciate your time coming on. We know you're a super busy guy. It took us a while to get this set up going, but uh, I'm glad we finally got it going on. I know you got a lot of knowledge to share with us, and uh, anything that you uh, want to put out there, we're, we're ears open on this one because we're pumped.
0: Well, I greatly appreciate it. It's been a busy time of the year, myself, along with most of the guys on the squad, you know, they live and breathe hunting like thousands of other folks across the country. But at the same time, you know, we have full-time jobs and and it's uh, difficult to try to fit everything in. But like I said, we, we appreciate uh, you having us on, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, the the reason I reached out, like I was telling you, is we like people that are doing something a little bit different. But it, you can just tell you guys are newer, you know, newer to the learning curve is, you know, newer but you guys are putting out top-notch, high-quality mm-hmm. film, you know, so that's why I want to reach out, and I can just tell from your videos, you know, you guys are telling the story, you're relatable guys, and, uh, you know, I, I I say it all the time, I relate to videos that are like that, you know, I'd rather watch that than just a, a kill shot, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just more meaning to me, so we can't thank you enough coming on. We'll get right into this, and uh, just kind of, let the listeners know, you know, where you're from, how long you've been hunting, and uh, go on with that.
0: Well, uh, goes way back, just like most hunters have in their life. They all started young with somebody, some mentor, some family member. And, and my family, we didn't have a lot of hunters. I had a, I'm, I'm from Southern Ohio, um, Soda County, Pike County area. That's where the majority of the learning curve squads from. Big buck the country, huh? big buck country, big ridge, big timber, big country. It's very difficult to hunt. It's highly pressured, highly, highly pressured. Uh, land's getting difficult to get or even lease, but it, it, it there is some nice deer down here. Um, but I grew up here my whole life. I'm 38 years old. I, I can't believe I put that out there. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> a 30, we'll 38. we edit that out. Uh, started. <laughs> Started when I was uh, eight years old, basically just, I'd take the first couple days off of gun season and my grandfather, he would take me and I hunted for several years before I even had an opportunity to pull the trigger at a doe and I would go out there and freeze my butt off and wear coveralls that was twice the size of me <laughs> and uh, I, I loved every minute of it but when I, you know, he, he later on down the road, he passed and I really didn't have anybody else to show me the basics, to teach me the basics. And I wanted to learn more. I had a lot of friends that was kind of in the same boat. They wanted to start bow hunting. They wanted to learn more about it. And down in this area of Southern Ohio, uh, Pike County, Soda County, Adams County, there's a core group of guys that were pretty close. And we basically just started, you know, teaching each other, talking to each other about things, going to expos, reading magazines, watching television shows, um, listening to guys that had did it for so long. And we, that's how we learned. And eventually after my grandfather passed, I, I, I never, that was the only time that I actually hunted with a firearm was while he was alive. And once he passed, I actually put the firearm up and I never, I never touched another firearm again to hunt deer with or anything. Uh, I did, I've shot a few turkeys with a shotgun, but for the most part I strictly bow hunt and I've been that way ever since my grandfather passed. So.
3: Can you elaborate on why, um, why you're just so much into bow hunting?
0: It's when I was younger. It was it was all about the kill, the trophy, the antlers, and you know all of us was the same way. We wanted to get where all the older guys was and what they was doing, and it was just a challenge. It was tough when you first start bow hunting. It's it's a and hence the name of our our web series, the learning curve. It's a huge learning curve when you're young, especially when you don't have a, a mentor or somebody that's right by your side it's been doing it for years we all had to teach each other and it was challenging it was difficult and it it i wanted more of it every time i hunted i wanted more of that experience and as the years go on it, it just it you know like everybody else out there that bow hunts it just turns into it just turns into an obsession And as the years go on and I got older, it just, uh, the obsession got worse, you know, getting that animal close building, you, you know, you build a relationship with certain bucks, certain deer, you start to know them and they start to know you. And you try to, you got to try to figure each other out and you got to try to try to make the next move on each other. I mean, it's just, it's just a fun game and sometimes they're short lived and sometimes they never end so.
2: Yeah, we just did a whole podcast pretty much about that exact story with the buck I've been chasing. So when you get that in you and you get that challenge of chasing that one deer or a big deer in general, it's just when you take that step from shooting, you know, any deer to targeting a deer, it's just a whole different level, a whole different ball game, a whole different meaning to hunting, like you said. I mean, it's it's like a character thing for me. You know, I'm trying to... to be better at hunting for myself, you know? So I got, I feel you, I feel what you're saying there for sure.
0: And I, and I've been fortunate since I started bow hunting to take some really good bucks, but now it's, it's not about, you know, filling the tag every year. It's more about every day. Um, life is short. It goes by fast. You know, my son, Maddox, he is eight and he's getting involved in hunting. And before you know it, you look back and go, where did the time go? So I've learned to enjoy each day that I go out more and more, the experience just being out there, the the, the actual, the hunt, everything about the hunt. Uh, I look forward to that, uh, getting up. And it's not about, you know, punching the trigger. It's, it's, it's looking through pictures and, and looking at sheds and studying maps and uh, uh, studying weather and being out there in a tree and, 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 you know, fighting the inclement weather and uh, it, all that. I, I take I – mean, I, I don't want to take it for granted. Uh, we only have one life to live, and I want to enjoy every minute of it. And it's just not about pulling the trigger. It's not about the kill. It's its just so – when you get older, you start to realize it's, it's about much more than that.
3: Um, I know one thing that Cody and I are super pumped about is, you know, just like you said, you got your 8-year-old son. Um, you know, we always say on this podcast, you know, when – our, our two- and three-year-old now are, you know, going to be 14 and 15. They're going to be at the point that we're at now at 27 and 28 years old, um, you know, as far as their deer hunting skills, just because, um, you know, we didn't have anybody really showing us how to bow hunt, but, we're, you know, we're going to be right there by their side showing them how, you know, things work out at the beginning of October or, you know, late December when you don't have that opportunity to get out there with a gun, but, you know, you can be out there with a bow. So I think that's one thing that, you know, we're looking forward to and just like you said, it's gonna be here before we even know it.
0: Yeah, Maddox, he's a he's my only child and I remember the day that I found out I was having a boy, it was one of the best days of my life because that's all I wanted. All I wanted was a son to where I could share the things that I haven't got to experience. Because I wish that I had somebody that started me earlier than, than I, what I actually did. So Maddox actually when he was three was go into the woods uh, with me and my friends. And I can still remember uh, taking my iPhone and videoing him actually trailing by himself self uh, a doe that a, a friend of mine shot when he was three years old. And it, it's just uh, um, unbelievable. And it's just, he's with me all the time. He's not been with me every time that I've got to shoot a buck, but you know, he was with me in 2016 when I shot the tight rack 10, so that was pretty cool. But, you know, he'd shot his one doe. Uh, I see when one was that. It was 2016 he'd shot his doe. And we never really got to chase after a buck until last year. And the second time in, I took him in, and he he, he did Unbelievable. I mean, the hunt, which if anybody got to see it, it's called The Gift. Uh, There's a little bit of story behind it if you guys, I think you guys have watched it. But it's a really special hunt. Everything about that story was true uh, with the watch. So there's a lot of, there's so much that Maddox brings to the table for me and so much enjoyment. and, And that my main focus now for this year, early season, is to try to get him his next buck.
2: That's super cool, man. That's something that I look forward to is getting them out there. You know, you have a, you have a hunting buddy now, you know, for life, you know, so it's super cool that you have that opportunity. And like you said, I want to start my son because if I knew what I knew now, 10 years ago, even, I mean, the hunter I would be now would be, you know, uh, astronomically better, you know, as the knowledge of the deer, you know, and Understanding and understanding why we're hunting, you know, other than just kill a big deer, you know.
0: So, uh, yeah, it, Maddox is really fortunate to have somebody that wants to share the experience because now, a lot of days, you know, our hunting numbers, especially with young children, is declining. And a lot of times it's because, number one, there's nobody getting them involved. Uh, life is busy. You know, a lot of kids play sports, but a lot of it has to do with technology and playing video games and not in get not getting out and experiencing the outdoors and i wanted to make sure that maddox has got to enjoy that and he's been pretty fortunate he's 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 really good he pays attention and whatever i tell him you know he's eight now uh, he turns nine in february and he uh he listens he shot three deer with a crossbow all of them's been on video he's did it by himself he's He's, what
2: what age did you get him with a out with a crossbow? Because me and homie was wondering. <laughs> I was like, how early do you think I can get my my son out with a crossbow? So how early was his first kill?
0: Maddox was six. Six. Maddox See? was six. Took I, him out. A friend of mine at the XL took him out. I strict. It was a I had a uh, uh, had a scope crosshair scope. Basically, the limit was twenty yards. I wanted to. Uh, I, at that time, I helped him study the crossbow. Um, I tried it out, and uh, with me helping helping him study it, he was shooting darts. And I thought, wow, he's ready. And the first hunt that we went out, I took him. He he uh, he shot a day on video. You spoiled Uh, him, didn't you? (laughs) Spoiled him. And what happens then, they expect it every time. Oh, yeah, they're like, where are the deer at, Dad? This is is ridiculous. So (laughs) last, it was, yeah, I spoiled him. So this past season, this last fall, when I took him out, the very first son of the year, uh, we had two pretty good uh, three-year-olds come in right at that 130-inch mark. And I, I didn't regardless of what it was. I don't have limitations on Maddox. He can shoot whatever he wants to. And I had these two bucks come in. I had a GoPro setting on the field looking up at the stand because I was hoping to catch uh, the pass-through. Yeah. And the buck come in, and he actually smelt the GoPro with his nose, and he took off running. Oh, man. Oh, wow. Maddox bawled his eyes out. He cried and cried and cried because he expected it to happen the very next time. So yeah, I hated to see his heart broke, but at the same time, it was good for him to experience yeah. that. Because when you bow hunt, you guys know as well as I do, you're going to have That's plenty. just the beginning. <laughs> yeah. That is just the beginning. Yeah. Uh, that is just the beginning. So, um, hey, the very next time we went out, uh, a weekend later, uh, he shot the, the nine-pointer that he did last year. So Incredible. <laughs> yeah.
3: You know, so the name of this podcast is Whitetail Legacy, and, you know, the legacy part of that name is, you know, us um, – trying to get other people motivated to get their kids or, you know, if they don't have kids, uh, get the neighbor kid or, you know, their their best friend's kid, you know, a guy they work with, you know, get him outside. Um, so do you feel like you um, have forced the outdoors on Maddox or do you think um, it's something that you showed him and then, you know, he showed interest into it himself and uh, you just fed him more and more into it?
0: Well, I started introducing it to him when we was taking photos. of. I do a lot of photography. A lot of hunters will call me, and I'll take their photos, and we share stories with one another. Well, I would take him with me, and he was fascinated by a deer, you know, in the back of a truck or laying in a field. He was fascinated by it. And when I took him out to track that deer when he was three years old and his reaction and how he interacted, I already knew. He had the bug. He had the bug, and and he was a bit and ever since then it's hey dad while we getting on trail camera hey dad when are we going to go again i can't wait uh, to hey dad, dad hey dad what bucky got picked out for me <laughs> uh, so yeah i, I kind of did force it on him i put him in that environment but i didn't want him to fall victim to what i see all the time and that's children sitting inside with their nose stuck in a phone or a video game yep uh, they're missing out on so often. much you, you see that very often And I didn't want uh, my son to fall victim to that. And so I kind of forced it on him, but he he took it and the bug bit him and, you know, he's hooked for life.
3: Yeah. You know, it just sounds like you, you more or less just introduced him. And then, you know, he took the reins and said, you know, yeah, you know, just like you said, he's got the bug. Um, you know, I, I talked about, you know, I, my two year old was a year and a half last year and, uh, you know, I'm we're trying to get him out of the tub and, he's fussing. So I just handed my phone and, you know, he just scrolled through trail cam pics, have the trail cam pics and, you know, he loves it and he's calm. And, um, you know, this year, um, every time I'm on my phone, you know, whether it be Instagram, Facebook, um, when I scroll past a deer, you know, he's letting me know that there's a deer on the screen, <laughs> you know? So I just don't, it, you know, we're just trying to learn the way as we go, but I just am trying to figure out the point to where, it's forcing it on him, and because uh, we've we've talked to a couple guys, and uh, you know they've forced their kids, and now their kids, you know, have shot like almost
0: a
2: two hundred inch deer, and they don't even want to be, <laughs>
3: they yeah, don't even want to hunt anymore. They've
2: been
0: forced on it so much; it's almost like a pain. Yeah, him, uh, I, I don't want to. I don't want to do that with with Maddox. Yeah. Maddox has hunted probably a total in the last three years. You know, of course, this is his, his this is his third year with the Ohio apprentice license. And after that, you know, Ohio grants you the chance of, of purchasing what they call an apprentice license, and you can take a hunter out or a young child and they can experience it. And if they don't like it, then they don't have to go again. But if they do, then that gives them a chance to experience the hunt. And if they want to, to get involved in it more and deeper then they can go take a hunter's education course. Nice. That's super nice of Ohio. Yeah. This is Maddox's final, yeah, this is Maddox's final year. And we're going we're gonna to be prepping for his hunter's education course here real soon. I yes. I think he's ready.
3: See, we're just trying to figure out, you know, where the fine line is of, you know, because obviously we want to get our kids into the outdoors. You know, we don't want them inside on a tablet, on a cell phone, on a game console. We want them out there doing the stuff that we love to do because, one – you know, when they're 8, 10, 12 years old, it's going to be easier for us to go hunting because they're like, hey, babe, we're taking the kid hunting, you know. <laughs> but we're, actually, we're going hunting for yeah. a giant or, you know, whatever. But, you know, we're just trying to find that that spot where uh, it's forcing it or, you know, if, uh, if they're just not going to be into it.
2: Yeah, like you said, when you said like a lot of even kids are into video games, I just went to a class for work and, you know, and I was asking <laughs> what the guys do. And one was in, one lived in Colorado, one lived in Washington, one lived in Oklahoma, and I'm from Illinois. And the teacher's from Missouri, and none of them hunted. And I, I was wondering, I'm like, what do you guys do for fun? Because I don't, in my mind, I don't understand a lifestyle without hunting, because that's what I grew up around, what all my friends did. You know, so it's just, just like you said, kids, it's more that it's kids, but it's adults, too, that have just never been no one's ever said, "Hey, man, I'll take you out hunting or I'll take you fishing," but I guarantee you, if you did that to someone, they would they would enjoy it. You know, if they're a blue collar guy, they're gonna like time to relax and a challenge. You know what I mean? So, All right. Let's go. Uh, let's get into your. You talked about the tight rack ten. So let's go ahead and get into that story. That's uh, episode two, correct?
0: That was episode. That was whitetail episode three. We actually oh. did the gift with uh, Maddox. It was a Father's Day special. Oh, nice. And then after that, we did uh, the story of legend, which was the big giant eight that my good friend Chad Phillips harvested. Yeah, that's the, actually the super did, brow eight, right? Yeah, wow. the super brow eight. Wow. And then an hour later, uh, his camera guy shot the 160-inch nine out of the same tree. Right, right, uh, yeah. Um, so that was a pretty cool little story there. That was called the story of legend. And then basically... Um, The next hunt was, was about the buck that I'd shot, the tight rack 10. And it was basically just, uh, how, you know, if you watch the hunt from the beginning, it was, uh, you know, we were trying to keep a storyline base with the learning curve outdoor web series. That was one of the things from the beginning that we all set together. And it's tough sometimes, you know, with certain deer, sometimes you travel out of state and you, you don't have history with a deer or sometimes it's just luck, uh, You just don't have sometimes you just don't have that big, complete story. And that's cool. That's okay. But we're trying each episode to to present a story to everybody that's real world environment that everybody can relate to. It's the trials and tribulations that we all experience. It's it's not a thousand acre ranch. Uh, It's 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 public hunting that's highly pressured. It's small time farms you know, it's, you know, it's baiting the deer. It's, it's, it's all the real world situations that we're, we're not going to fake. We're going to present to everybody just how it is. And with the tight rack 10, it was a buck that, you know, I knew pretty well. Uh, started back in 2014, let me see, 2014. And at the time I, 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 didn't know it was him. I'd got a beautiful picture of a, of a buck over a scrape and I just, Oh, I was like, Hey, that's, that's a cool picture. And I, I actually, I saved the picture just because it was a great photo. You know, the, the covert camera that I'd had, I've been with covert now since 2015, the, the picture was beautiful. I mean, it wasn't a special buck. It was just a gorgeous picture. So I saved it on my desktop. When I'm out my way that year, I, I shot a good buck. Well, the following year, I got photos of the tight rack ten uh, that year, and again, nice buck. I didn't even realize it was the buck from the previous year from the screen photo. I did not got pictures of him. He was three and a half. He was off limits. He was a nice buck, just. I wanted to give him another year. I like to see deer hit four and a half. I like to see that get them to re- reach that at that time. You know, if if what I think they're ready to to get to get to try to take, then then I'll jump on them. Well, I got pictures of him that year. He resembled uh, his self the way, when I killed him. He resembled that a lot when he was three and a half. He had that fork on his G2. But he was a buck that never, he never lived on, uh, the property where I shot him. He just never lived there. The, the picture that I had of him on the scrape was a mile and a half, almost two miles away. Wow. Yeah. And That's... when he was three and a half, he was coming over on our farm, checking those. And then he left during the rut. So I immediately knew that, that, uh, he didn't live on our farm just because when I got his pictures, I wouldn't get his pictures till late October. And finally, uh, it was a 2016, uh, in the summer, I was driving around the area, glass and velvet bucks, and I seen him. He was to the north feeding in a bean field. It was an area I couldn't hunt, but I was watching him from the road, and I, I, I seen him. I, I immediately knew it was him. He had that fork G2 and I kinda kinda made up my mind that I was gonna hold out and see if he did the same thing that he did the previous two years. So I kind of just sat back until October. I'd put multiple covert cameras out in different places. And sure enough, just like clockwork, like he always did, he showed up mid late October and is like clockwork. And, you know, he's four and a half, he's full, you know, fully mature. He's a beautiful buck. And the very, the very first night I went in, I played the weather conditions, right. And he came in super early, super as a super day to hunt. And I was, you know, solo filming, which I do most of the time, solo film myself. And he came right in and gave me like a 13 yard shot. But it was funny because that spring, uh after i'd shot him uh the season came and gone and i'm shed hunting to the north where i had the picture of him when he was two and a half over that scrape the beautiful photo i found his shed all chewed up over there
2: nice just tied the story together even more i
0: actually stepped on the shed I wasn't even looking. I was actually walking out, and I stepped on it. And I looked down, and it was his shed when he was three and a half, all chewed up. So wow. that confirmed that he had been living on that ridge pretty much his whole life. That was his main core area, and in the rut he would filter over on our place, you know, looking for does. I watch the weather, you know. anymore. If, if you watch the end of the hunt, one of the things I say is it's it's not about how much time you can spend in a tree, which is awesome. I wish I could hunt every day, <laughs> but when you're hunting big mature bucks sometimes it's just about waiting for the right conditions and if you've got to sit there and wait a week or two for the right conditions to hunt one particular buck you know sometimes that's what you got to do so i was uh, just blessed that he did the same thing he did the previous two years and i was able to be off work i was fortunate enough to have maddox there with me that evening and he got to pick up the tight rack 10 with me and it was a pretty cool ordeal. Pretty cool.
2: So, so those sounds like trail cameras played a vital role in, in, figuring that buck out for years and years, you know,
0: and then you kind of putting the pieces together, uh, I, after that. Yeah. I think trail cameras are absolutely the number one innovation in, in, in hunting ever. They're, they're amazing. They can give you so much information, recent information. And of course now with technology and, uh, the ability to send pictures to your phone uh, you just can't go wrong you're missing so much if you don't utilize trail cameras
2: does does covert and, have a mobile cam
0: absolutely Do they? they have uh, they have uh, they have a camera called the Co-Black, and that's what uh, the majority of the guys use cell cams we're actually going to iowa this november we drew iowa tags nice. so me and me and heath is going to be taking um, cell cams with us Heck, yeah. And, yeah,
2: yeah. I, I, I run cell cams. I talk about it all the time. You know, they're it's a game changer to not even – to know your info and not have to go in there to the – you know, like where we got the the bubble cam hang right now, you don't want to be in there. You know what I mean? Well, <laughs> it's one mean, of those they're pies. expensive. Yeah, yeah. The cell
0: cameras are expensive, uh, but they're worth their weight And gold, I mean, like we're going to go out and hang our stands next month and get prepped up and get prepared. And we're gonna hang cell cameras, and we're gonna put them. And we're gonna make some mock scrape utilizing all of the pure whitetail stuff we've got, which I'll talk about that later. is is unbelievable what those guys got going on right now. But we'll go out there, we'll hang cell cams, we'll come back to Ohio. You know, we got an idea when we want to go, but what would happen if you know we our plans was to go around Halloween, but what happens late October? We start getting a giant on his feet in daylight hours.
2: Mm.
3: So you, you gotta go we're now. Gonna do,
0: we're gonna we're gonna pack our bags and we're gonna head west. Yeah, for sure. So cell cams, unbelievable technology. Uh, it's it's amazing what they do. What's and it's, what's
2: the covert? Uh, what are they? What towers do they run off of?
0: Well, they got LTE. Um, they've got uh, AT and T, Verizon. Um, we we run most of ours off of AT&T. I see. And uh they do really well. I mean, steep terrain out here.
2: Yeah. You know, Southern high, we've
0: got really steep ridges, deep deep draws. Uh they do they do really well. I'm we're in the market. With I'm them. in
2: the market for trail cams right now cuz I just I, <laughs> I just had another one <laughs> We just one. ordered. Yeah.
0: We just ordered uh we just put in a big order through Covert um a couple weeks ago.
2: What's up? all the What's one of the that? what is it a blackout? Is that what you called it? or uh
0: yeah code black
2: code black what's one of what's a code yeah, black sir. mobile cam run
0: uh i'd have to go look i'm gonna guess probably four i'm thinking in the mid to high four range
2: okay so they're about average yeah. maybe a little less than so they're small.
0: average you you start getting in the cell cams you're gonna be looking at spending oh yeah the neighborhood of four to five hundred dollars yeah but you know hey they're worth it and when you hold, when you're holding the that deer in your hands it, that cell camera gave you that information from the previous day uh it, it, it's worth it so
2: yeah the buck i shot last year i uh i had i had put that camera in there and uh, i never went back in there got a ton of pictures of bucks went on there first hunt shot shot a nice buck and i it, a lot of it was from that mobile cam because i knew there was a, a quite a few nice bucks in that area and I never had to go back in there and check it, but I got all that intel. When I cruised in there, I was ready to kill one, you know, instead of pull a cam or pull a card, you know. So,
0: you know, that, that show, I got another, you know, perfect example of that in, in, in 2000, in two, two 2005, was it two, 2015? I think 2015. I got to keep, keep my years track here. <laughs> uh, I was, again, hunting a ridge that uh, was quite a ways away from uh, our farm. And i it was a spot that I don't go into. It's really hard to get to, very, very hard. It's about three-quarters of a mile walk to get into. And I had actually jumped a very big, very big buck uh, on this ridge where I was planning on putting my, my stand. So I went ahead and hung it in the tree. I put a covert camera up over a scrape. Uh, I wanted to get back in there the very next morning to hunt. I caught like, well, if this buck is bedded here, then I'm going to get right back in here. I don't care if I bumped him or not. I'm an aggressive hunter. I'm getting right back on this ridge. And sure enough, I went back in there the very next morning, and I bumped him again. I bumped mm. him again. Dang. And I checked my camera. I said, man, I bumped him twice. So I went and checked my camera. I got pictures of him that night over a scrape that I'd made. So... While I was checking my scrape, uh, I'd actually seen a tree stand. Uh, it, was a, it, was a, it was public property, and a hunter had come in from out of state and left his climber in the tree. But not only did he leave his climber in the tree, he left his bow hanging in the tree. <laughs> what? <laughs> I took a picture of it with myself. I said, this, this can't be happening. I mean, because I'm not saying it's impossible to get into, but it was very, very difficult to get into, and it was a great spot. So I looked down right by my scrape, 20 yards from my scrape. He had to see my camera. Uh, he, he had his uh, summit climber at the base of the tree. His bow had an arrow knocked, and it was hanging on a hanger. So what do you think I did? I pulled my stand. And as I was pulling my stand, he actually walked up the ridge and he, and he was uh, pretty cool. He's like, Hey man, you know, he said, I was coming in here to pull my stuff. He said, when I walked out yesterday and hung my stuff, I seen this lone wolf stand of sticks here. And I said, Oh yeah. I said, I, I usually hunt this for a little bit. And I said, but I was actually getting ready to pull my stand of sticks He said, well, I said, why'd you leave your bow in there? He said, well, he said, it's just less to carry in. (laughs) He said in the morning, he said, I was just going to get in my stand and climb up the tree. So uh, I said, okay, well, I said, good luck. I said, be careful when I I pulled my stuff. Uh, Took it back to the house. Uh, Seven days later, I'm two miles away to the south. I've got my son in the truck. He looks up and says, Daddy, there's a big buck. I looked up, there's that big eight-pointer. He had moved from that ridge almost two miles to the south. Wow. So I started using cameras. I flooded my place with cameras, and sure enough, he moved over on our place during the rut. And he was 165-inch eight-pointer, had 30-inch main beams, Holy smokes. 14-inch uh, G2s. Basically, he he got pressured off that ridge. He'd come over to our place. A lot of does was there, and he called that place home.
2: That is a and mega giant
0: eight. Yeah. I played chess with him for two weeks, and this is where all trail cameras come into play. I had a camera uh, on a scrape that I'd made, it was the 20, I think the 22nd of November. So the big mature bucks was going back to the scrapes that, that, that they wanted to check. You know, right around Thanksgiving, you start seeing these big mature bucks. They start going back to these scrapes and they start checking them. Well, I got out of the tree uh, one morning. It was the 22nd, I believe. I got out of the tree early and I said, you know, I'm going to go check these cameras. I went over and checked that camera. I had a picture of him at daylight at 745 in the morning with a doe walking away. That day, I took a stand and uh, steps, went in at noon, hung, and I killed him at 420. Wow.
3: Hanging bang. So,
0: a <laughs> uh, uh, proof that cell cameras, um, they are an absolutely huge tool. Yeah, game changer. And I'm so thankful <laughs> that we have them. So thankful.
2: Yeah, it's super cool. Like, you brought up the Iowa, you know, place, like, you know you're going to iowa which is hours and hours away and you can have that intel before you get there to Mm kind of you know okay so we're getting pictures here then you already have a game plan when you show up to the property instead of going in there pulling your cards then making a game plan you know you can go in there and hang that stand and hunt already with a game plan and not waste a full day of pulling trail cameras and hanging stands you already know where you want to go
0: yeah. I mean a lot back in the day that's you know, hunters and I think sometimes hunters they tend to, you know, I talk about going back to the basics and that's looking at land features and reading deer sign. I think sometimes trail cameras take away from that. If you know what I mean. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I was don't telling have to go, me that. <laughs> we don't have to go back and read the, the, the deer sign like we used to. We don't have to sometimes study terrain like we used to. I and mean, that's how we figured you know, deer out years ago when we didn't have trail
2: cameras. Yeah. I was telling homie, I said, you know, before I used to run trail cameras a lot, you know, or just like when I, I got my piece, uh, my good piece about four years ago. And, uh, I shot 148 inch 10 off of it, you know, great deer, you know, I had not ran trail cameras on that for hardly at all. You know, um, if I would have known what deer were on that piece i wouldn't have shot that buck (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) so that's one thing that i told him i said like you know before i ran a lot of trail cameras if i shot a mature buck that was awesome but now i know what's out there it's almost almost like a hindrance to me to not shoot you know deer because i'm like man there's this buck out here (laughs) that i gotta shoot you know so there's pros and cons to them but definitely
0: help out and that's what I've been doing. I've been spending a lot of time. I I usually run cameras all year, run them over minerals. Uh, I start minerals in February and March. I start replenishing them. And that's when they really need the mineral. A lot of people wait till June and July, August to put it out for an attractant, but you know they really need that mineral February and March. And I'll run cameras starting then, really hard, all the way up through uh, antler growth, velvet, and I'll put them on feeding sources and then I'll start transitioning to scrapes right now. It's a good scrape time. All right,
2: so I heard you talk about a lot of your trail cameras and a lot of your success have come from uh, mock scrapes. That's something that uh, me and homies talked about doing on our new piece uh, that we have. We're trying to figure it out. Um, I've done it, not had a ton of success, and it seems like you have had a ton of success doing it. So uh, I kind of want to just pick your brain uh, to get some knowledge out of you about mock scrapes, how you set them up. Um, the time of year that you do them and, uh, how you set your cameras on them and just go in detail on that.
0: Oh, scrape hunting is, is, it can be fun. You know, you can get a lot of inventory of your bucks. You know, you think about this time of year, a lot of people don't take advantage of, you know, making mock scrapes and it can be a really good time to start taking inventory of bucks. Prime example is I've got a buck right now. He's six years old, and he's an eight-pointer. He's he's not a huge rack deer, uh, but I've got a really good story with this buck. Uh, sheds, history, video encounters, scrape videos, you name it. And one of the things as he's got older is he's very cautious of how he approaches certain areas, and one of those being bait. So I went back in mid-july first part of july and i made a mock scrape in what i figure was his his small core area where he spends his late summer early fall and the very first buck that i got on the scrape was this old eight i just call him the old eight so but one of the places that i wasn't getting a whole lot of pictures of him was over bait and I've got him over the scrape. I've got scrape videos of him coming in and hitting the flex wick and hitting the pure whitetail sense on different scrapes. So that, you know, he's cautious of bait, but he's not cautious of scrapes. So if I didn't put the scrapes out there and put a camera on it, I might not get as, uh, as much, you know, as much uh, intel, pictures yeah. or video intel of him as a, as I did just having a camera over bait.
2: Yeah, so when so, you're when you're doing the summer mocks, are you doing just like a buck scent, a doe scent? Um, what are you what are you using in that mock?
0: Well, I use just about everything. There's there's several products that I use. Um, Josh and Grant with Pure Whitetail, so they've did awesome at creating some new innovative stuff for mock for making mock scrapes. I've tried different things over a period of years, but what I've got now it works pretty well, and that's basically starting July and August. You know, bucks, they're not going to come in and hit scrapes this time. You're super aggressive, like in October, November. They're they're just not. They might come in, check the branch, uh, stand on their hind legs, get that, you know, that forehead scent on there. They might smell around a scrape, but you're not going to get that heavy-duty pollen and going crazy like they're going to do it in October, November. But I'll go in, uh, pick out where I want to put it, whether it be near where I think maybe they're bedding or maybe outside of a food source or now now is a good place uh, with water, uh, around a, a water source. I'll go in, and usually I'll take an electric weed eater and I'll clear out my area, or I'll take Roundup. I'll spray it, get it out the size of a car hood, get it cleaned. And then a little trick that me and Heath uh, use is we like to implement, and if you watched our segment on scrapes, we like to implement a pine branch and we'll take that and we'll put it up above and we'll wire tie it to the existing limb. And a lot of people think, well, why would you do that? Well, if you think about it, the, the soft needles on a pine branch is much more appealing to a buck's forehead than an old gnarly, nasty limb. Oh yeah. So we started implementing this pine branch and the results was unbelievable unbelievable these bucks would come in check these scrapes and stick their head up in this limb and they would just stand there for minutes on minutes and just have their head in those soft pine needles back and forth rubbing that forehead glance in all over so that tactic we started using to figure out bucks patterns and It's just a, it's a good tool to use. You know, sometimes, you know, those bucks that are old and mature, they feel very nervous coming into a bait site or, or an area that's pressured. Uh, But when, if you go in there and try to keep your human scent to a minimum and utilize the things that we do, it seems like we have very good results starting, you know, in August and September.
3: So, um, did did you say when you start running uh, scrapes? Yeah, you
2: said August or something.
3: Should...
0: Yeah, okay. yeah, I start usually we start running running cameras over scrapes usually late July, August. You know their antlers are starting to finish developing. And then, you know, um,
3: when you when you start running the scrapes, you're running the the buck urine in those.
0: Uh, you can run buck urine. You can run uh, doe urine. You know all of them deer. You're just not getting bucks. You know, communicating because they're communicating with each other. That's what they're doing. Just because it's summer and it's not October and we're not getting in the rut. They're, they're still communicating with each other. Yeah, so, so you can so use, you, you, absolutely. You can utilize a you know, uh, uh, dough urine. We, we're utilizing a product now called Ladies Night Out from Pure Whitetail. That works really well. We're I, using like a, I like that name. An, an, let me tell you something. This product here, it's called Bachelor's Group, is amazing. Uh, Josh and Grant with Pure Whitetail, they, they have a product called Bachelor's Group. They have a product called Power Shot. It's little, uh, 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 pretty much scrape beads, real small uh, beads. Um, they, they are really working. They're doing, I mean, doing good. I just checked uh, several covert cameras today and I had a bunch of bucks checking scrapes.
2: Yeah, I like, see, I like running cameras over scrapes too because, like for us, we can't bait in Illinois. For, for us to get a really good picture of a buck or a lot of pictures of a buck, it's really hard, you know what I mean? Uh, so at a scrape, you know he's going to be there for a little bit. So you get a lot of op- opportunities, you know, to run a video mode or and you get a lot of different angles of him or run a three-shot burst where you might get, you know, nine pictures of him, you know, in a role where if he's just walking across the field, you might get one side of him, you know, and that's all you got. You know he's a good deer, but you don't really know what he is. So when you run a mock scrape, you get the full you really get an idea of what you got because you get, you know, he's there for
0: a while. Yep. So. You know, they're, they're, they're just, uh, it's amazing tool with cameras and deer scent and, and with the scrapes, you just never know what you're going to get. I mean, I don't know how many times in the past that we've went into an area, uh, a new area and put a mock scrape out and the deer that w- would come into it investigate and, and check it was, it was amazing. All right, so
2: we we talked, oh, go ahead.
0: uh, But another thing that you can do that we like to do is once you get that scrape established and you get those bucks or does or whatever conditioned to coming into that scrape, what you can do is you can take that limb down, take that limb down and move it to another scrape. Like, because those deer has come in, those deer has come into that limb and, and, and rub their antlers or their forehead glands yeah, and so all that got... onto that limb, well, what you can do is, okay, let's say down this ridge 400 yards or on this other piece of property or on this other end of the farm, mm-hmm. you want to make another mock scrape, you can take that limb, take it down, and put it on another scrape. Yeah, and you have all that and Kind scent of jumpstart
2: yeah. that. And,
0: yeah. and yeah. it kind of jump starts that scrape, and we seem to get pretty good results doing that as well. Now that's
2: some awesome knowledge, man. I never thought about the cedar limb on our new property there's a ton of them so we
0: could definitely make that happen you know so
3: so that limb you're moving is that a a real tree limb or is that a synthetic it's, it's
0: no nope, nope. you'll just go out to uh, just find you a pine tree it's got soft needles take okay a, take you a saw um you know cut you five feet off of it if you're allowed to do so there take it to your scrape that you're going to make an existing one or one that you're going to make and take wire ties or you can take uh twine and tie it up above, and have it hanging down. And I'm telling you, you'll you're gonna get awesome results.
3: You need to help here, White Tail, and start making a synthetic, licking branch. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
0: Josh and Grant, you know they're they're our title sponsors. They're great guys. They're they're hopping right now. Those guys, they're not getting no sleep. Uh, <laughs> I feel sorry for them. But they they they're so so busy right now. It get or, you know mock scrape season and yeah, can only uh, imagine yeah <clears throat> well we've been beating around the bush
2: about your web show uh the learning curve like i said i reached out to you guys because you guys are telling awesome stories your video quality superb your color like your color on your videos is just perfect you need to give me a secret tip and text how you guys are doing that <laughs> later on but uh let's just go ahead and get in finish this out with let's just let's just talk about the learning curve you know when it started, why you started it, uh, where people can find you, and go into detail on that.
0: Well, we kind of always wanted to do our own thing. Me and Heath and Chad and some of the guys, Eric, Jared, we, you know, Mike. You know, we'd all been involved in some way, shape, or form, involved with a web show or a hunting television show, or or some way. We we've been filming our hunts and documenting things for quite a while. So we had experience doing it. And we we said, you know, we need to get something going on of our own. You know, we, we want to have our hands on, you know, at producing our own stuff, laying it out how we want it. We didn't want to be uh, sending our stuff off or having somebody else working. We, we wanted to actually try to produce our own stuff, edit everything in house. And we just kind of set, uh, we uh, sat down one day, we had a meeting together back uh, in February and we, we kind of laid out the game plan, kind of some ideas. We threw some ideas out there. Of course, we were just going to stay web-based. That's, that's basically what we wanted to do. And we kind of threw some ideas around. You know, we, a few of us had been involved with a few companies and we had a pretty good start on, 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 Uh, on implementing what we wanted to do, and I started actually, I started learning uh, on production and editing and all that with Adobe products back in the winter, and I said, let's make it happen, so we threw some material together, we talked to some companies, we talked to some people, and we started making it happen. And we started staying true to what we wanted to do. We wanted to do a storyline-based theme. We wanted to keep it real. We didn't want to hide nothing from anybody. Uh, we wanted to do things that people could relate to, and they could appreciate and value. And you know, it's hard. You know, we all work full-time jobs. Uh, you know, Heath, and me, and Chad, and Eric, and Jared, and Mike, and Alex, and Jordan. Uh, wow, I mean, we've got a corrections officer, a pipeliner, uh, construction laborers, uh, John Deere tractor salesman. We all work full time. Sounds like jobs. a good
2: group of guys. <laughs> Me.
0: <laughs> we, yeah, we all work full time jobs. We stay extremely busy, and we really have to bust our butts to produce what we got to do, and and to put these clips together, and to to get the production going. And it's tough. It really is. But uh, we're excited. Uh, we're excited to just here in a short few months that we've started the learning curve. Uh, we've got a good response. People like lo- what we're doing, and I think people's gonna really like the stuff that we're getting ready to put out this as as the season gets close. Yeah, I'm we've excited. We've got some really good that. stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Our next our next couple months is gonna be uh, really really good. We've got, uh, uh, if, in case anybody don't know that uh, we got a guy, a new guy to the team. His name's Jordan Finnegan. He's out of Frankfort, Missouri. He's a John Deere tractor salesman, and he's a big, big killer. He, he's very knowledgeable. He knows how to get it done, and he's killed one of the, one of the, not the, but one of the largest wild whitetails ever on video, ever. It's 233. That's insane, man. And we're going to be showcasing that hunt for the first time anywhere on the Learning curve. Wow. Nice.
2: That, that jacked up. So we'll make sure and share that on the Facebook page and stuff when that comes out, because that's. That's epic, man. But, yeah, like yeah. I said earlier, you know, props to you guys. Uh, me and Homie, uh, I think, you know, we talk about it a lot. We're I think we're in it more than a lot of guys, you know, just like you are. You know, you're really into into this lifestyle, you know. So I watch a lot of hunting videos, listen to a lot of podcasts, uh, read a lot of books, websites, you know. And there's one in particular that I'm thinking about, but it's just <laughs> really hard for me to relate to someone that just goes out to an outfitter, you know, and shoots a deer, maybe on the first or second set. There's no story. They try to make a story by saying, oh, we've been getting trail cam pictures of this buck, and they, never, you know, they they really don't They'd have a They've never seen the deer
3: until they showed up to the outfitter 20 minutes ago.
2: There's not, a, you know, and they get more credit than guys like you that are going out there and hunting, you know. you got pressured property around you. You're hunting your deer. You're working full time. I mean, I think you guys deserve way more credit. Than they are, and to tell you the truth, they're, you're putting out better or just as good as anybody else is putting out right now. In my eyes, you know, right.
0: So, well, we appreciate that. You know, we're really focused and we're really trying to work hard, and 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 we're trying to stay true to what we initially agreed to. And that's try to tell a story, something that somebody can appreciate, and, and they actually can you believe? Yeah, we well, and, you got a
2: couple of Illinois boys fans that really appreciate what you're doing, <laughs> you know, because
0: I've. And, some of the hunts that we're getting ready to come up with uh, this um, this fall, they're awesome stories. It's going to be the same way, same content, same type of storytelling. Lots of history. Uh, you know, he Cisco. We're getting ready to air his hunt here soon. Um, he a couple. You know, he had a he missed two giant bucks before he got to capitalize on one of the bucks that he missed. I'll yeah. See and a lot of people don't don't share yeah. that.
2: A lot of people don't share yeah. that, you know, and for you guys to say this is part of the story and like I said, it goes back to that relating. And I think people are gonna realize eventually that your kind of content's what people wanna see. Yeah. Or or, you know, I d I don't know. I don't know. Maybe like I said, 'cause
3: we've all been there, we've all missed. We've all yeah. we've all had a giant buck walk by us and we haven't been ready or when you, you know, don't whatever.
2: You know, when you don't share that stuff, it's not real. Like you said, you guys are trying to make it real. So people can relate and not, yeah. you know, not dolling it up to where well, you guys are professional hunters. So this is just right. how you guys get it done. You know, you are always talk about how you got it done and it's just, it's not, I can't jive with that. So you guys got it right. going on, man.
0: It, it's, it's really fun. You know, we would do it. And we'll continue to do it, whether we had one follower or whether we had 20,000 followers. Well, we you love two. to do this. <laughs> you got two guarantees. <laughs> we love to do this. We love to produce it. We love to tell a story. You know, when we're 80 years old and we're sitting on a porch uh, with each other telling stories about 40 years ago about the 180 that we missed or the or the one that our boy killed when he was eight years old you know what i mean that's why we've got this as you know evidence we've got that on film to to share with our families and to share with everybody out there uh it, it so we're gonna do, we're gonna continue to do it whether we had one follower, if we had no sponsors or, or whatever we're gonna still do it we love to do it we love to bring it to you guys uh, the real way uh because that's how we like to watch it and like, yeah, uh, yeah we're we're glad that uh we're getting the response that we're getting everybody seems to like what we're doing
2: uh, well we can't appreciate your time enough i know you got a lot of things going on all your family and the work and then running the team and getting ready for season on top of that so we appreciate you taking an hour of your life to to talk to a couple of illinois boys that nobody knows <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, we'll we'll definitely keep following your stuff um can't wait till your new episodes come out um just like I said, just keep just keep putting them out because you definitely have something going. And uh, I think once more people uh, get you know get to see your film and, and relate to it, that your following is just going to keep growing and growing.
0: So. Yep, we appreciate it. Like I said, we're basically just all web based social media. That's how we're putting all of our content out. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook. Um, you Instagram. guys have a website or? Uh, no, we're we're looking at that possibly. We got some things in the works, maybe. Um, but like I said, we're fresh. Uh, we're trying to take things in baby steps. We don't want to get over our head because we well, number one, we're so busy with our work and yeah. jobs. Yeah. You know, it's, it's enough to, to do what we're doing now. So, uh, baby steps, we're going to, we're going to get there. Uh, we want to get the content. We want to get the good content out there to, 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 for people to, to watch and enjoy. Uh, we want to put a good product out there for people. We want to make sure it's put out there, right? Yeah. So, basically, just check us out, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, follow us.
2: Yeah, I watch all your um, stuff right there on Facebook. So. We've got some
0: great hunts lined up this fall. You know, we we got uh, Eric, Alex, and Jared. I think they're going to try to hunt Kentucky next month. And then our, our Ohio season starts the 29th, and we're all going to be – a lot of the guys are going to be getting laid off, taking layoffs, and they're going to be in the woods hitting hard. And then come around Halloween, me and Heath going to be heading west, and we're going to be going to southeast Iowa. And we've been waiting for that hunt for four years, so wow, we're pretty pumped. We're ready for a good year. We hope that we can uh, bring some good hunts to the table and bring some more stories to everybody.
2: Yeah, I, I guarantee the the stuff that you put down enough. You now, you guys know your stuff, so it won't be no challenge for you guys to put another badass year together. But yeah, guys, listeners, check them out: Facebook, Instagram. Um, I watch all their stuff right there on Facebook. Um, Hit the HD button. Super high quality. Really good color. Like I've been saying, really good stories. Uh, check them out. We can't thank you enough for coming on, man. Uh, we're gonna wrap this up and uh, let you get get the rest of your Friday night. Um, just to the listeners, uh, we love you. Thanks for hitting that play button. White to Legacy out.